Well, on this week's episode of A Slice of Golf, we review our first major of the year. We talk about amazing drives, stabby chips, outrageous scoring on both ends of the spectrum, and I drop an absolute clanger, which I get hounded for by the boys. As ever, this episode is brought to you by me, Ben Fallis. Me, Tim Williams. And myself, Chris Wright. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along another episode of A Slice of Golf. It's been a big weekend uh, for me and the boys. It's been a very, very big weekend for, for myself. Big four days, which uh, we're recording this on the Tuesday night. Kind of uh, just about recovered. Uh, and we've had some pretty big news today, which we'll, we'll, we'll dive into. But boys, first off, how are we both doing? Recovered from the weekend? Yep. Mentally, maybe not. But uh, physically, yes, I feel like I'm, I'm recovered. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm in a good place. Uh, I'm still tired from the weekend and the revelry of the weekend, but no. Otherwise, yeah, no, in a pretty in a pretty decent place all round. Yeah, good to hear. Yeah. I mean, can, so we will come just... on to Chris's, but go on, mate. No, go? no, I just wanted to say I had several messages from listeners who thoroughly enjoyed keeping up with the antics of the Frey Bentos Invitational uh, over the weekend. So. Uh, thanks for I'm going to say a little thank you to our group for continuing to put out the the content while we went around the course I think lots of people very much enjoyed seeing it yeah so our, our group we had 12 of us out we uh, trekked up to Warwickshire Golf Club which is just over a two-hour drive for pretty much everyone to host our Wernham Hog Open if you couldn't have told from uh, the two kind of names of the group and then the uh, and then the tournament itself and there are a few office fans in the group, so it's very office themed. The names of, well, at least the competition and the name of the group. Um, first off, Warwickshire Golf Club. What a facility! If you were, mm. I think we probably all agree. If you're looking for a weekend away, it's one hell of a good spot. If you are part of a society or you organise some things, I'd look into it. Um, I can't remember how much it was when we paid whatever it needed to be paid ages and ages ago, but um, I thought it was. Is, is bloody good. Offers a lot there. Um, facility is pretty decent. We'll come on to, to, to the ins and outs of it in a bit. But uh, I think particularly if you are looking to hit driver and you enjoy hitting driver, it is a golf course that you will enjoy or both of the golf courses. Um, I was going to say two, two golf courses, both of which, if you're used to playing short courses, it's a bit of a wake up and a surprise like even when we were still on the first tee and there's the board and we're going how many how many extra shots do we all get i was like hang on a minute am i going to need all these yes yes you are going to need all those and probably some more so uh yeah, yeah no i liked it though i liked having the extra the distance on the courses i think that for a major that's a good test yeah for sure for the for the earls course i think if you played off the whites it was 7100 yards which is mm. it's a big boy golf course which is pretty cool uh, i actually had a look we right. didn't play off the whites <laughs> we didn't play off the whites <laughs> not quite that far for us lads uh, but, but it, I, I mean it was still 6700 yeah it's still which still, i think still was quite far for quite a, a, a long course yeah i i had a look actually earlier on just out of interest kind of what i hit um and i you know I'm quite reckless with it, and I will typically pull driver most occasions. I hit 12 drivers on the Saturday, um, so it's four par threes and that, and then I hit 12 drivers on the Sunday as well. So it is mm. kind of step up to most tee boxes, not even question it, pull the driver and, and swing free, which which is pretty good. Um, Christopher, let's let's come to you first, um, mm. and listeners will kind of understand why, because <laughs> someone got off to an absolute rocket on Saturday. Mm, yeah. I, I knew we were going to have to relive this and and I'm excited to talk about Saturday and I'm less excited to talk about Sunday. Um, so, so, so yeah, so I have, I think, you know, I've been talking about it on the podcast. Lessons have been going really well with the long game and been hitting the ball. I think, you know, getting better and better. We mentioned the frustration of not being able to take from range to course. And on the first day, I... So yeah, Earl's course, 6,700 yards. We were playing at the same time we play a, a match play. Uh, we did 2v2 better ball. And uh, I, I don't know whether I was, I don't know which I was more focused on. I was kind of acutely aware of both scores. And, but not really, I wasn't doing the classic counting. I just, as I was playing, I started thinking, hmm, I'm hitting the ball all right here. Front nine, I scored 
17 points and I thought, okay. In my head, I'd set myself a bit of a, a points goal of get into the 34-point range and and I feel like that's a good start to the weekend. Um, I, I'm going to level with you. I don't really know what happened, but I hit a 23-point back nine. I hit a five-over back nine and uh, and scored 40 points. And I will so, reiterate, we, you know, I give you a lot of stick on here. Um, it's a very long golf course and you went and put up 23 points out there. Um, so the driver must have been working. Yeah, and and do you know what's interesting? I hit thirty six putts on that day, so it wasn't like I was like lights wow. out with the putter. I was average at best with the putter. I drained. I only had two one putts, and both of them from the team perspective. This is why I think I need a bit of pressure. The team perspectives because it was a honestly one of the best matches I, I think I've had from a from a match play point of view. It was, we were three up with five to play. Then, because I was against your brother, Ben, and Joe Holt. And then they just, out of nowhere, started playing. My, my my playing partner was so tired, he was basically sleeping on the green on <laughs> the 14th, 15th. Didn't Ollie have like a leaving do the night before? Had oh, yeah, he'd, he'd, had like a, he'd had a work do and he was, he would been up till sort of half two, three for then a 7 a.m. start. Yeah. As playing partners go, he wasn't in the best frame of mind. He, he wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he got to, I think he got to the 14th and we were three up and I think he, he went, well, we've got this now, haven't we? And then I think your brother won a hole, Joe won a hole, and I was like, oh no. And then it was all, all square. I can't. I can't remember. It was basically it was all all square to on on the sixteenth. Your brother had a putt to win the hole on the sixteenth, and he 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 drained this putt from miles away. And you know that point where you're like, oh god. And I had a putt still left to half the hole, but I was twenty feet away. I was like, well, okay, whatever. Um, he's cheering, Joe's cheering, running around the green. I was like, oh, it's exactly what you need. You just need your opponents all happy and thinking they've just won the hole. So and I step up and I hit this putt and it just drops into the hole. Obviously, me and Ollie go, then go mental, running around the green, cheering. Half the hole, one of the biggest celebrations you'll see for a half hole ever. 17, we half, and we walk onto the 18th all all square. And um, and then, yeah, I just I make quite a... 18 on the Earls is quite a nice hole as well. You've got a slight dog left, mm. right to left, long. Uh, bunkers kind of left and right, and then bunkers short of the green. It's um, it's a good closing hole. Really enjoyed yeah. that. And, and we were all, it's a, it's again, a long par five, the 18th. Like as, as closing holes go, it's, it's not like a gentle wander up back up to the, to the clubhouse. It's a, oh, you've had a hard round. Uh, let's just make sure you remember how hard this round is. You, and you know, you, you need three decent shots to, to get anywhere near the green and I think all of us missed the green all of us chipped on and we're all sort of within 12 feet for the fight and we're all there they're going okay who if any of us can make this putt in one that's that's the match like it's gonna happen Ollie steps up misses it by millimeters I step up drain it go nuts buzzing and then Joe and Callum both miss so although I scored 40 points the match was so close, like went right down to the final part of the day. So that was excellent. I was, yeah, it was just buzzing. It was just an absolutely brilliant atmosphere to walk off with 40 points off that course. I was absolutely buzzing. And I will add in at this point, uh, we really did see almost every weather condition known to man. <laughs> it did actually start snowing for a good 5, 10, possibly even 15 minutes as we Never. were... 12 i would have been probably 11th hole out uh it started yeah fully snowing uh none of it settled but uh it, it was the first time i've ever played in snow before and i think that ticks off the list everything every condition we had all four seasons i'd say every 30 minutes mm. like yeah never have i changed clothing so often on a golf course like it was every other shot i was like don't need my jacket on anymore sun comes out i'm back in a polo shirt Sun goes away, snow's here, right? Okay, oh. layers back on. It was, it was ridiculous. Thought, I don't know whether you two thought the same thing, but I don't ever remember a point of feeling like I was wet. So it never rained for no. long enough where I was like, well, well 
I need to get I don't uh, the range. I don't <laughs> I don't remember ever feeling like I was the right temperature because yeah. as Chris says I was either too hot or I was too cold with what I was wearing and going from now I was coming from a, a fairly a fairly warm base position because I was long johns on I was base layer I had like padded jacket on and then exactly as Chris says I went took the padded jacket off put mid layer on and instantly too cold didn't feel right on the tee um went down to one point to polo shirt on Sunday played a hole jacket was straight on again at the end of that hole yeah all over the shop temperature wise that's a, that is a trend with this competition, the Wernham Hog. We always play it in the spring and every year we always miss the good weekend weather and we always seem to play it when it's <laughs> at, at, at the worst. So Christopher had a 40-point um, day one, which, needless to say, is the dream to start with. Timothy, how did uh, Saturday go? Yeah, Saturday was good. Um, so from my, from my perspective, this was my first round since the three of us went down to Perford Lakes a few weeks back. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. I didn't have an incredible day that day, is what I'm going to say. Um, so it was very much a case of first time back on the course, having sort of spent the last couple of weeks really working quite hard on um, particularly tempo, tempo and also a couple of things I'd had bedded in in lessons. So it was the first real time of putting it onto the course. And so coming into the weekend, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to overthink the score. I'm just going to try and go out on the course and try and, um, you know, put in, put just put into practice what I've been doing. And so I was in the final group on, ah, so also I was in the final group on the first day. Now I thought I was doing everyone a service because I stood on the tee and I, without fail, recorded every single member (laughs) of the society teeing off their first tee of the day and did the same with everybody in my group. Nobody thought, no, nobody videoed me on my first tee shot of the day, oh. which happened to be an absolute belter as oh, well, yeah, straight down the fairway. So that was a that was a, that was a disappointing start. Um, but thereafter, had our match was weird, great. So I think we raced into a we raced into a three hole lead with three holes played, and I was playing with our good pal Johnny, and we were sort of. You know, we were sort of making jokes, saying like, "Oh, you know, has anyone ever won ten and eight on the on the group before? <laughs> um, what time do you reckon we will be back in the clubhouse at this rate?" So I think we made the turn at two up. We I think I don't think we were, we were playing fantastic golf. I think we we're I think actually practically all four of us were on fourteen points at the turn. So it wasn't. It was just a case of somehow conspiring that myself and Johnny would share very good holes mm. where we were sort of parring or better, um, dovetailing quite nicely. Um, I eventually, I finished up quite well because I finished on 30, I finished on 31 points for day one, which not a big score by any stretch of the imagination at all, but considering the base I was coming from, as I said, a couple of weeks ago when uh, I was in a no mentally no interesting place. Say again, Chris. No comment. Do not do not give away where we were a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, that was all good. Um, now we, from a position of relative strength at the turn, um, we then conspired to go uh, one down by the time we walked off the 16th. Oh, wow. Okay. So between the two of us, we had a minor collapse in the match play scenario. I parred the 17th hole to bring it back to all square, walking onto the final tee. Um, relatively quickly, it, it became a pretty much a straight shootout between myself and uh, our friend Greg, who was in the other pair. Um, I unfortunately just overhit my approach. It was the par five, and I just overhit my uh, my approach to sort of the the back edge just just flew the green slightly and just didn't commit to the, the chip on enough left myself a lot of work to do to get my sort of to get my par putt when greg i would say from a solid i don't i i'll probably over exaggerate can I this you? i would say can I pause you Tim's yeah. talking this through at this point being in the final group you've now got eight people mm-hmm. all around the green beer in hand filming the situation that's going on and uh that certainly adds a level of pressure when you know you've got to make a putt. <laughs> and, and also, Greg's not, you know, 
I absolutely love playing golf with Greg. He's quite, uh, he's almost one of the worst people to lose to because he cares more about the wildlife that's on the golf course. <laughs> he does not give a crap, does he? Doesn't give a hoop. We'll kind of focus him when he needs to, when he stood over the ball. For the rest of it, he's watching the birds. Yeah. So on the 18th, I think he, so he and I both had par putts. Um, his, I, I, I think from recollection, his, I would say, would, was probably a good sort of 10, 12 foot, no, probably even more than that to be, to give him his due. And he just hit an absolute belter, middle of the cup, straight down. And I just thought, ah, this is, this is going to be tough. Um, so sorry, I think by this point, sorry, I think by this point I had my, I had two, I had two shots to make par actually. First putt, didn't commit to it enough, left it short, left myself probably, what do you reckon? Maybe three footer, four footer. Mm. And, and a really little tricky putt. And it was a hot, yeah, it was a horrible, it, it, when you say it out loud, three or four foot putt just sounds like an absolute knee knocker. Like it should just be tapping territory. And it may look like that on the video. With, I'm not, I promise you, I'm not just saying this, <laughs> fellas, please back me up. There was still a bit of movement there, or, or there was certainly a, what could have been perceived as a slope there. Sure, I'll, I'll say yes to keep it to keep to keep you feeling keep you feeling. Happy. Anyway, anyway, I misread it. I missed the putt to give them the win on the 18th, and I walked off with my head uh, and my tail between my legs. But there you go, great match. And then second day, um, I was in a match play with Joe Holt, who I would say is probably one of the most oh, annoying. Don't, don't, don't do don't do second day yet. We're not doing second day, we're just doing first day. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah, so I won't ruin it. So wait, you finish so I so at this point I'm on forty, you're on thirty one. Okay. Okay, so competitive, right? Because there were a few that were, should we say, significantly south of thirty one. Um (laughs) at the end of of round one. So um I am gonna be careful all this for saying, you know, recently the game's not been in a great spot. Um we've alluded to this kind of quite a bit recently. Um, I had a big, big wedding on Thursday. I then was out Friday night. So I had six hours sleep Friday through Saturday. So I was heading up there thinking, if I can just get the ball around, that would be a miracle because I felt awful. Um, had, a, had, a, had a quick corona before we started to, to level us off. And then, um, well, lo and behold, this is golf. Front nine, the best golf I've ever played in my life. Without oh, really? Ball. I didn't without. know this. I could not miss. Didn't feel like I could miss. Um, we, I absolutely raced. I think I was on 18 points through seven. Uh, nice. Yeah. I, well, as, as we've spoken to before, I kind of get the chipping yips and chipping is just awful for me. It was either an eight iron around the green. I was close enough to basically just put it on uh, or I was hitting wedges or irons into there. So I made the turn 40 strokes, 21 points. Um, and I was driving the lights out of it. Barely, barely missed a fairway. Or if I did, it was always in the rough. There were no big loose shots, so you lost the ball. Uh, it also coincided with my teammate, who also went off like a steam train. So we absolutely battered the two boys we were playing against. <laughs> we raced off to a five-shot five, uh, five shot lead, a uh, five-hole lead. So we won the first five holes. Uh, I think oh, we- the first five holes? Yeah. Five holes. Wow. I think we then tied the sixth. We may have won the seventh because it did get out to six at one stage. They won a couple back. Um, but yeah, then I think the the course, there's no denying, the course really suited me because if you did hit a wayward shot, you could go and find it. It wasn't definitely lost a lot of the time. Uh, but if you kept your driver straight and you had a little bit, a bit of distance off a tee, it was always... But, in your defence, Ben, there were some tight holes. I, th- I think the course was... I think I think both courses were very fair in that mm. on lots of the holes, if you, you couldn't afford to hit a wayward shot, if you did, you were in trouble. But there were also holes that gave you that flexibility that you could... like. I, I literally looked at it and was like... You know when you're, I was like, mm, this is really annoying because this suits Fowlis. Like, he'll know that he can step up on this tee... He could go left or right and be fine. Um, he could have a two-way miss and still be an extra 100 yards up just in the wrong fairway. So I think, but there were also holes that were, I I stood up on and thought, 
okay, if this is the whole Fowler's hits a wayward shot, he's in a lot of trouble. But yeah, obviously that didn't happen. I, I really, really liked that golf course because of that. Mm. Because had I not done all the course prep that we've spoken about a few episodes ago that I've been doing with the coach, I had so much confidence stepping on the tee, knowing that I'd done the research and I was like, yeah, my dispersion fits driver here. I can swing away. Ordinarily, normally, pre all this, I would have stood on the tee and gone, oh, those trees come in a little bit tight but then not knowing that it opened up on the other side or you, where you've got different spaces to, if you've got a certain distance, you, you can hit to. So if you hadn't done the prior course research, it did really make you question your tee shot. So that's what I really liked about it. Um, mm. Back nine, I kind of, a few things, fatigue, hangover, and then the thoughts of posting a huge number really kicked in, <laughs> making the turn on 21 points. Um, wow. I was with a Scotsman. Uh, and a couple of other boys, and I think between the lot of us, there were three hip flasks. So we were having little nips of, uh, of whiskey as we were on the way around. So it kind of was floating by through the front nine. Uh, and then kind of on the back nine, as I said, I had, had quite a few big days in a row. It really kicked my ass through like 11 holes. So I kind of hit a, hit a bit of a brick wall. Um, lost one ball, was centre of the fairway on the drive. Lost one ball into the trees, just couldn't find it. I was going for the green on a par five left it short, bit high, spinny, cutty, lost ball. And I think the wheel started to fall off a bit from there. And then I kind of became acutely aware of where I was. So tailed away a little bit. Um, but in the end, we won five and three. So as a team, we kind of wrapped it up quite early. And then the only driver that was caught on camera all day um, is of me basically dropping, or it actually looks like I'm throwing the golf club at the guys with the cameras. Um, wasn't intentional. I meant to drop it kind of just over my shoulder uh, and it, it turns out it wasn't anywhere near over my shoulder yet and it just basically went hurtling straight at the camera. Um, really sky, yeah, skied the drive, went absolutely nowhere. Uh, but then, yeah, finished finished off um, on 33 points. So after being on 21 through 9, 33 is a bit of a disaster. But at the time, walking off with 33, I was like, no, that's still going to see me close to being in contention so i was i was, I was satisfied not not good really. discipline yeah. very yeah. good very good mentally well done <laughs> so i i had on i don't think i mentioned this on must have been 16 your brother who's of the opposition starts you you know how as a classic form of how to ruin someone's round you turn around to them and say you're having a really good round that's the immediate way to put, put someone into an absolute shocker. On about 16, Callum turns to me and goes, do you know what school you're on for here? And I was like, shut up. <laughs> I was like, I do, I do not want to know. I, I was like, 100% have, have thought this before myself. But when I was on the first tee the other day on Saturday, I was like, right, so who's scoring? And everyone kind of looked at each other and then looked at me and I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, all right, I'll score. So I was, I had my phone open to track all four scores the whole time and then was constantly doubling back to be like, right, who won the whole sweet? We did, you did, whatever. And obviously I'm seeing my ticker going up and up and up and up and up. So once I get through 11, 12 holes, uh, fell apart a bit because I knew, knew where I was. I, I mean, to be fair, I, I knew the scores at the turn. I was also scoring for all four of us, but I was kind of just like quickly entering the scores and then not looking. Very difficult but to I, do, by the way. Yeah, and I, but I knew that I was, I knew I was having a very good back nine. I, I, again, I haven't hit a five over back nine for a long time. And I was, you know, when you're like, okay, I, I know I'm already on, I must be there or thereabouts. So I, I was kind of, I was aware of it. I just, you don't need someone being like, you're going to score really, really, really well if you don't fuck this up. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we went through, finished up, um, kind of then went off for dinner uh, and then kind of the evening activity. By the, by the way, this, this put me on a seven point lead. Okay. Yeah, it did. Seven point lead at the end of day one in the singles. With twelve of us, a seven-point lead is a huge thing. It's probably not so mm. much if you're playing with just the four of you, but with, there's twelve of you there, so having a seven-point lead is massive. Mm. Um, so the evening activities kind of ensued. Had a few drinks, was having a good time. Righty decided to sneak off at ten thirty. Get his get his sports sports guy. So in, my defense, so in my defense, I was the third person to go. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll give Ollie his due. I mean, he was on like three hours sleep. Um, 
righty straight in there like an athlete. It's like, well, I'm looking after my score tomorrow. I need to be in top I was, I was knackered and I was like, you know what? I know they're going to have a lot of fun. It always goes over the top with these lot. I was like, I'm okay going to bed. I'll see you later. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a bunch of drinks. I'm done. I can confirm we did have a lot of fun and we <laughs> yeah. did go over the top. Just, I was like, my presence will not, be, it will not be required for the fun to happen. I was like, I'm happy going to bed. Yeah, we were, we were some very loose human beings and the, and the, the level of that <laughs> very quickly descended after you went to bed, I think. Um, I was still sat in the I was still sat in the jacuzzi before Chris was on Sunday morning, just for the record. <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, I was up and I was like, I was like, can I go to the spa on my own? Is that is that a bit weird? And then someone messaged in the group being like, breakfast. I was like, people are up, excellent. And I was just immediately spa? Question mark. Tim Williams already there. Great. I'm on, on my way. <laughs> Tim Williams is at leisure. Yeah, so me and the roommate for the evening, both of us confirmed that there was no interest in a spa. The additional hours worth of sleep was where we were heading, so so stayed well and truly in bed. Right, coming through into the Sunday, you've had your spa, you've had your breakfast, Mr. Wright, take it away. You've got a seven-point lead. Talk to us. You, you want to lead with me here? I, I do want to lead with you here, because it, it's, it's quite amusing. Uh, Probably you. Probably okay. Okay, let's. How do I talk this through? I feel like I said to Tim. I think it was I said to Tim on Sunday. I was like, I'm looking forward to podcast night, and he said, Why? And I said, Because it's going to feel like a therapy session for me. Um, <laughs> I stepped onto the first tee. Oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold up, two seconds. We'll, we'll precursor this by saying uh, we kind of knew about this before the round because I'd heard mumblings of it. But the golf course we played on, they just sand rested the whole golf course um, mm. all of the greens so same for everyone but good god they were hard to judge um and so, i think yeah. i i mean there were, there were quite I, a few points lost i think across the board uh yeah, for everyone and it's not you know uh, you, you head to a, a venue like that you expect the greens to be the same both days from a perspective of like what condition they're in so it did sit really really differently um i don't know if you boys found the same but hitting putts or chips some would just skate and glide off the yeah. green as if it was like on ice some would just hit a clump of sand and basically drop dead so i uh, need to say that oh. i had zero idea what i was doing on the on the greens that's it would, i just couldn't get the hang of them but the so the second course we played was the king's course i think it's slightly shorter but quite a it different is. course like they're mm-hmm. two Although they're on the same piece of land, like they are, they've done a really good job to create two very different style courses. I would love to go back there in the summer and play the King's Course because I think the greens, when not covered in sand and holes, would be an utter nightmare. Like I was looking at like some of the pin positions, and I was just like, if you if this was an actual like fully flat, fully rolled, whatever green, I was like, you could never get the ball to stop there. Like you'd be putting from different areas on the green, and you'd be like. I don't know. I don't know how I would get the ball to stop at, at, on that like small piece of flat area where the hole is. I just thought there would be a really, really good challenge. Um, so I actually do. I would love to go back and play that course again in the summer. Uh, okay. So recap of my round. First tee. I'm off first. Everyone's there watching. I hit a bloody lovely drive straight out into the fairway. Loving life. Next shot up next to the green. I think I I think I putted on and then still man- then two putts after that walk off with a bogey two points happy days onto the next tee. From that point onwards, I can only say the golf gods thought they were going to just have a laugh at my expense. I I'll, I'll get the scores up here. I didn't get the score caught up. And the thing is, trying really hard to take the positives out of this round. I where am I? king's course so i went two points blob blob one so at this point i'm thinking what in the actual fuck is going on with my golf game here (laughs) (laughs) and so i think it was on the was it the third that went straight up a hill to the right was it the third that went yes yes dog leg right going up the hill, hill And I just, yeah. I, I was a bit cross at myself for blobbing the second because it was a, 
again, it was a stupid blob on the second. It was really good drive. Not a bad approach. Just missed the green. Duff chip, thin chip, three putt. And I was like, okay, that's just a good way to blow the hole. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, and I just, I, I don't know what I did wrong on the drive, but I just, it, it went off to the right and never to be seen again. It's probably off this planet somewhere. So then I just kind of, I had a momentary loss of, okay, this game's going to really annoy me. The par three down the hill, crappy tee shot, chip on, uh, followed by another three putt. So that was a really good start. I then, I then had a little word with myself and was like, Chris, in my head, I was like, score 32 points and you've won it. Like 32 points. Just forget about it. Like you've blobbed two holes. That's fine. You're allowed those two blobs. Go crack on with the rest of the round. And from then I got, so I finished the front nine on, oh, I can't see. Finished the front nine on eight points, having blobbed four holes. Strong. Really freaking strong. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I, in utter despair. At this point, you know, I was like, "Okay, that's the, that's 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 the that's the tournament gone." I think I was, I think I was probably three down in my match by this point as well, maybe more. And I was just like, "I don't, I, I knew exactly what was going wrong, and I just couldn't, I couldn't fix it." It was, I think the what's interesting is on the on day one, the course was long enough that where I was missing the greens, I was still having like a 20, 30 yard chip, right? 20 to, and I've been working on that kind of 30 to 80 yard range, quite comfortable with, or better at, I wouldn't say comfortable with, better at. On day two, I was missing the green. I was missing the green by, like I was on the wrong side of a hill. So it wasn't basically all my chips were not a little putty eight iron, if that makes sense. So I'm just very comfortable with a little bump and run. And every time I miss the green, because I my, I hit fifty six, I'll find this that something like fifty five percent of fairways or something, sixty percent of fairways. Like I was I was hitting the ball off the tee beautifully on day two. Irons were striking really really nicely. Just I was then missing. I wasn't hitting the green, and I, I putts wise I took forty two putts. End of, end of the story. To go forwards, come backwards. I had twenty five points over over the eighteen holes. It was a shocker. Forty two putts. Just, I, I, I think generally I feel at my average putts are about 34. So to have 42 putts, I'm literally like, well, that that's, that's literally eight shots right there. And I was getting, I couldn't, I just could not get to grips with yeah, the greens. I, I mean, I, I can definitively say that there were at least three occasions where I hit two chips and one putt where I was like, you know, when you hit it and you're like, that's good. It's on the line. Yeah. That's going to be close or in. And yeah. stopped like eight feet short, and you're like, "Yeah, what?" Yeah, so I, I really so struggled with give that. Give me the benefit of the doubt on that for sure. No, yeah, but again, I come back to everyone's playing on the same. Everyone's playing on the same greens, and everyone else dealt with it better than I did. And then just, then just stupid shit was happening. Like there was one hole. I think it was the tenth. Not a difficult hole. Just straight. I mean, I say a straight hole. Often the most difficult hole in golf for for us amateurs. Lovely drive into the middle of the fairway, approach shot, I land, I don't know, five feet short of the green and it rolls back into the bunker in front of the green. I stand in the bunker, I play what I think is feels like a good bunker shot and when the club hit the ground, it made the dunk sound and I was like, oh, that's not sand and it just, the ball just... <laughs> 40 yards 40 yards over the back of the bunker over the back of the green and I was just like oh and it wasn't even like it was then down a hill and I and again I chipped I think I actually chipped back onto the green and then three putted and I was like I've gone from what should have been an easy two-pointer to a one or a zero and I'm just like this is this is actually really like just annoying me I think then the whole after that the 11th I had 160 yards into the green and I got my seven iron out because my seven iron is the kind of 160 to 168 kind of club where I just go, yep, I'm comfortable there. If I hit a bad seven iron, I was basically thinking if I hit a bad seven iron, I'm still on the green. Yeah. So I hit this seven iron and you know when you think I've absolutely flushed that, 
I've never, I've honestly never hit it so well in my life. It didn't even feel like I'd hit the ball. And I looked up and moment of fuck, I've hit that nice too. Oh my God, that's gone so far. And it flew the green by, I don't know, not that far, 10, 15 yards, but the green had a mound behind it. It hit the reverse side of the mound, must have bounced off 25, 30 yards right into the, uh, behind, like uh, behind a tree. I was like, great. What do I do now? Branches overhanging, mound in the way. In my head, I was like, knock it into the mound. So it just pops up and lands on the green. So I hit this shot, misses the mound by maybe two feet, goes straight over the green, straight back over onto the other side, where I then proceed to duff two chips. And then I think two putt for a, or three putt for a zero pointer. That is how my day went. That is every, like everything. I would put myself into really good positions and then my, my chipping and short game would just completely fail. And, and it wasn't, if I was in any position where I thought I could use an eight iron or whatever around the green, I was doing that. It wasn't me being silly. It was just my chips were in positions where I was like, oh, I don't feel like I get away with an eight iron bump and run here. What can I use? And I would just duff or chip. One of the par threes, I put it 10 feet to the side of the green. It was just down a hill. Two duff chips, one over the back, two putt back. I was like, this is this is actually killing me. So uh, needless to say, I've come home and booked a lesson for the uh, 14th of April on the short game on chipping because that that is for me I, long game wise driver and um, irons I honestly have not hit them as well as I have for a long 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 time so um, I, I was putting myself in really good positions so I could, positives are I just it was it was the long game was great the short game was utter shite so the early night uh, the lessons from that are you might as well on a Saturday night Really, well just got really on full beans, drink more, yeah. And it, yeah, it, and I genuinely think the difference is on the longer course, I just wasn't getting as close to the green, <laughs> or I was putting the ball on the green. And I think if I didn't need to chip, I was fine. <laughs> and clearly, that was an issue on day two where I needed to do a lot of chipping, and that basically added at least one. If it was basically get to near the green, and then it was going to be four shots to get the ball in the hole, that is not acceptable. Mm. so you finished on how many was it 65 20, 20, 25 and 40 40 65 yeah 65 so <laughs> which which if you told me at the beginning of the weekend chris you'll hit a 32 pointer and a 33 pointer i'd have been like yeah okay i'll take that i only feels never have i had two so so completing like day one Best you're ever going to play. Day two, worst you're ever going to play. What is going on? So you guys listen to this. Literally, that's gold. Yeah. You, you guys listen to this. We're obviously not going to see this, but you can see his facial expressions. He, Chris is in despair at this moment in time. So mm. uh, I don't want to say it's amusing, but um, yeah. Anyway. It is amusing. I, I was laughing at myself. On the way home, I was laughing at myself. I was like, <laughs> you're an idiot. I was like, but it, you like that's golf. So, uh, the beauty sleep, the early night sleep didn't didn't help. Uh, Tim and I decided to get up some shenanigans Saturday <laughs> night. We decided to stay uh, out with the boys, play some silly games. Um, how did that leave you up on Sunday morning, Tim, on the golf course? So, first things first, the tactical 5am wake up in Neurofen did be an absolute treat, followed by the, uh, the early morning jacuzzi, swim and sauna. Great way to start a day. Uh, so my my round on the Sunday. So I was uh, so we, so we were singles. By the way, oh, yeah. format on, on Sunday. Oh, just, just, just for singles. the record, I I obviously lost my match. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> um, so singles for us. I was uh, pitted against Joe Holt, who I would say is one of probably the most consistent golfers we have within the group. Um, so I thought, right, okay, I'm going to have. I need to be on it today. So. Where I tried to think um, throughout throughout the day on Sunday was okay. When I've <laughs> when I've had days like this in the past, where let's say I'm feeling a little bit dusty, probably not feeling at the absolute peak of my athletic prowess. Um, the thought processes I've had to get me around are: think at all times, how will you take out the most danger? 
from your next shot. What is the shot I'm going to play here that either gives me the best opportunity to keep the ball in play or to get on the green in regulation or give me the best possible chance of making my two points? So that's kind of the, the that was that was a real kind of approach I kind of wanted to take throughout the day. Now, that's not to say I was hitting conservatively off the tee because as Chris said at the start, or, or sorry, it might be better at the start, you didn't really have the option of not of taking irons off a lot of the tees. You did need to hit woods to really kind of get put yourself in position to score well. Um, now I knew as well that I was going to be tired, so I knew that te my tempo was going to be a real battle with myself on on Sunday. So I also just tried to think of uh, swing at seventy percent. Try and keep try and have the smoothest goal swing you can possibly have. So these are just sort of little things that are going through my head. Now, those are what were in my head. I think what, what really helped my game on Sunday is we had a really, really competitive match. At no point ever really I think I think the most either of us went up at any I think there might have been one hole where one or other where we each might have been at two up at one stage, but it was never more than that. There was never more than two up for one hole at a time we were very close to one up one down even the whole way around and I think that's that's just a good that was a good way that kind of kept certainly me kind of in tune really focused um I wouldn't say any of us were I wouldn't say either of us were playing spectacularly in fact we admitted we were talking to each other I think on about the 14th or the 15th tee that we was we both sort of confessed yeah we're not we're not quite there with our games. We're just kind of clinging on for the ride on this one and just trying to scramble as best we possibly can. Um, now, where, where I did come into it is, in terms of my irons and my approach play, I've just rarely been in a more comfortable place, which is chalk and cheese where I was two days ago. I mean, for context, across the weekend. Um, so day one, I had forty. I had forty putts and three blobs, and finished on thirty-one points. Mm. Day two, I had two blobs, thirty-seven points, and finished on thirty-four points. So my my irons game and my approach play was saving me a lot, but also really happily, they're two things I've been working quite hard on in the last two to three weeks. So that that was mega for me. Um, I don't know if I will ever get out of my locker the ability to deliver an errant right block tee shot. I think that's just something that's always going to be in my golfing locker and most people in the society will forever dream, continually dream and look forward to the Williams right block. I'm now immediately the thinking like the next time we're away, two days, Tim's gone. Two, almost two rounds without doing it. He steps onto the 18th tee, just no. sitting there giggling at himself, going, well, this is going to happen. This is going to be it. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen sooner or later. Williams strikes again. So um, we got down to the, so I think walking off the 16th, I was one up on Joe and then the 17th, which is also our closest to pinhole. I think it was 100, I think it was 140. It's about 114 yards to the pin, entire entire hole, basically over water, could not be short. Joe up, Joe up first on the tee, chunked it into the drink. So basically, from my perspective, I was like, mate, get this on the green and it's game over. So I went incredibly conservative, took up a gap wedge, dropped it very, very tentatively onto the, the front of the green, probably still had a good, I don't know, 15, 15 foot minimum to the pin, I'd say. Um, but managed to sort of, managed to get get a bogey, uh, which scored me two points on the day to seal the deal. So I, I, I finished the match. I took it two and two and one in the end, um, which then gave me the ability to enjoy the 18th hole, uh, which was also our long drive hole. I also had the luxury of having seen, oh, I'm kind of going to ruin this, I'm going to say it. You, you can talk about it more when you come to talk about it. I had the luxury of seeing Ben Ballas tee off before me, <laughs> um, who I knew, and I, was, and I knew in my head, like, look, if Ben connects with this, no, no one's beating him. Two thirds of his ability that he has to strike this golf ball, no one is, no one is beating him. 
I will leave it to Ben to say what happened. It didn't quite happen that way. <laughs> um, and also bearing in mind, as as our football had teed off and the, the first group going out, um, not because I was the only one that hit the fair, well, obviously it's because I was the only one that hit the fairway, but I did up until the point of Ben stepping onto the sea, hold the, uh, the current long drive marker. Yeah. Um, so I, so I stepped up, up onto the tee and all I was literally, all I was thinking in my head was tempo, tempo, just tempo, smooth. Don't swing fast. Don't snap. Keep the tempo all the way the same, all the way through. It still came out higher. I would say the ball flight than I would have wanted it to come, but I got to the top of the, the ridge of the fairway and I was elated to see I just about, just about uh out outdriven righty um and by that point i knew that i'd i'd scooped the long drive prize for the ward which gave me just a lovely lovely little extra boost um just to finish the round off on the on the last hole so yeah two, two so sunday round 34 points one two and one took home longest drive very happy sitting on those greens to score 34 points you must have been elated I have to admit, honestly, just coming, coming off the back from where I've been in the last couple of weeks, where I will, I will admit it's been mentally interesting. <laughs> um, I was, I was very happy to turn up and shoot a, a sixty-five point weekend. I have to admit, I was skeptical going into it, thinking, right, we played two days of golf, and the two prizes that we were doing closest to the pin and longest drive, we were doing on the very final two holes of the weekend. But it worked perfectly. It actually worked really well because it just kept you going until the end. And then it was just a great way to finish. Yeah. Um, and I think for both Johnny, you got a lot closer to the pin and the longest drive for you. I think it's um, it's probably just quite a nice way to, to, to gloss off the weekend. Um, right, for me, I started off same vein of form as I did on the Saturday. I was on fire. I was four over through seven holes. Um, I was on 14 points. Somehow I was two down. Um, at this point, <laughs> you kind of have stood there on 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 eight t, kind of thinking, what what the hell have I done wrong to be two down? And it even it got to the stage with uh, Ollie, who I was playing, the lad who had three hours sleep on on Friday night. Even he was laughing at it, uh, and he actually apologised <laughs> because he was like, "I've never seen you play golf like this, and yet I'm beating you by two. Um, how how well did he score? Uh, uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I didn't actually score for. He must have scored quite well. Yeah, he was scoring really well at the time. I think he plus bearing it, bearing in mind, Ben and Ollie have over the last four or five years, however long we've been playing as a group, have been against each other in matches. I think probably like eight to ten times. Would that be fair? Maybe maybe less. I I think Ollie I think Ollie had a, a better recollection of it, and I think he said I didn't know this. But I think he said I was five and zero against him. I hadn't. He hadn't. five and zero. So you you've played five matches, and won all five. Yeah, he hadn't beaten me to this point. So, um, oh yeah, on the front nine, I was well, first seven holes. I was like, I feel like I can't miss. I'm driving the lights out of the golf ball. I think I missed one fairway, um, and I was two down, which was yeah head scratching. But I was like, I cannot be upset with this. It's just I'm clearly getting beaten by really good golf. The thing is, he couldn't get off the tee as well. So he hit three or four slices, a couple of shanks. He hit one short of the red tees and then proceeded to then hit another shank. And because he had two shots on me, he'd end up walking away with a hole because he then hit like a flushed iron, a wedge onto the green, and it it two putt. And you'd be like, right, you're six. But I, t- but I tell you what, the, both those courses, like he doesn't have a driver in the bag. Yeah. There was Pops, I think, you know, I think it's fair to say, sorry, Pops, distance isn't his strong point. I mean, that's Rich coming from me, sure. I'll get that in there before either of you two do. Um, But if you don't have a good distance off the tee on those courses, it often would, it really, really was then like, okay, I've now got a monster shot into the green. Like it, you really need a driver on a lot of those holes, in my opinion. So I played with Pops on the Saturday and I was in his head from the first hole about getting the driver out of the bag <laughs> because he brought the driver with him. I was like, well, what did you bring it for? You know, you super glued it in there. And lo and behold, long driver hole, we managed to convince him to bring out the driver and he absolutely nailed it, dead centre straight down the fairway and looked at him and was kind of like, 
Oh, for fuck's sake. Why, you know, why did I not pull it out all weekend? Because I've got a feeling he would have scored, scored better just because he would have been 30, 40 yards further down the fairway, which made a big difference. Would have made a big difference. Yeah. I think, anyway. Um, kind of karma kind of hit me on seven. I still come away with it making bogey, um, but I played safe. So seven was the long par five, water all down the right. You could blaze it left. The whole of Europe was left, so you could have smashed driver five. I took hybrid, um, perfect, centre of the fairway, safe play. I was like, right, it's a, probably like a seven or an eight iron just to, to cover the water. Uh, it's a three-shot par five. That's why I didn't take driver, because I was like, even driver three-wood, I'm not getting there. It's that long. Um, Wait, which which hole? Which hole are you talking to? So hole seven, before the long par three in front of the hotel. We yeah. got water all down the right-hand side. Water all the way down the right. Love it. Lovely golf hole. No, gorgeous. Really, really good yeah. golf hole. Um, so I took hybrid. And then it was like a seven or an eight iron to cover the water. I thought... Oh, can I just say, I went so far left on that on that tee <laughs> shot. I was like, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that water. And I went, I think, I think Tim, I went over your head on the yeah, hole. I was coming up, I was coming up just off the fairway, the left-hand side of the fairway on the previous hole. And there was a, there was a chance where I thought, oh, bloody hell, I might be in a bit of trouble here. <laughs> yeah, played that one safe. Yeah, so I, I played safe, played to the left side of the fairway, thought it was fine. Nice 7 8 iron bunt over would be good. I was like, let's hit a 5 iron, put it there, give me like 100, 100 and something in. Yeah, so I chunked the 5 iron, went straight in the water. <laughs> it's kind of you walk on, you're like, oh, there's a lesson in that. Just just go for it. I mean, going for it had worked until that point. And they did, they, even the boys on the team were like, you've been hitting the driver really well. Why are you not playing it? Um but I made bogey on there, tied the hole, which was fine. And then kind of the rot set in, absolutely fell apart on eight and nine. So I was on 14 points through seven, made the turn on 14 points because I then went triple, triple. So that four over par very quickly became a 10 over. And I decided to lose four balls through four holes. And that was seven through 10. So I drove the crap out of it all day. Um, two blobs front line, two blobs on the back kind of killed my chances. Or at least so I thought. Got to a got to eighteen long drive hole. Only the second time that anyone had filmed me with a driver in hand all weekend. Apparently, there's something in it. Can't handle it uh, because I decided to hit a very soft, delicate, aggressively snap hooking uh, drive, which must have gone all of about hundred yards uh, on the final hole. So very quickly ruled myself out of the running. <laughs> Long drive hole, uh, and we decided to. We'll, we'll say this quietly, but um, the two groups kind of joined up, and we played as uh, <laughs> an eight. Um, and so there was at least seven people watching me hit this long drive, very short, scuzzy drive to the left. Go on, Chris. You look like you had a question. No, no, you carry on. I just thought of something that I need to bring up before yeah. we uh, before we finish the chat on our. Uh... So this was a, a fairly long par five into a really small green. Uh, water was right, so. I was like, right, I'm going to need two monstrous shots here. So pulled a three-wood, absolute leathered it, put myself in good position. And then it was still 210 to the green or 10 to the 210 to the pin. So I pulled hybrid, stuck it. It's probably the best I've ever hit my hybrid. And it was two yards off the green pin high. So I was like, right, I've got an opportunity for par. Put it near the pin and, and made par. So it was really pleasing way to finish after a shocking um, drive, that's for sure. Uh, and I walked off with 32 points. So 33 points Saturday, 32 points Sunday means I also finished off <laughs> with 65 <laughs> points. So the slice of golf lads repping pretty well, I would say. All of us finished in a tie for third on uh, on 65 points, which, you know, a win's a win, second is as good as last. But third is is not too bad, I would say. Um, not too shabby yeah not too shabby 33-32 as Chris you said you'd be pretty happy coming away with that and I think yep. where the game's been at and the fact that the greens were pretty sandy and the fact that I had four blobs to walk away with 32 points was, was pretty happy with yeah yeah, yeah. Good. yet again uh, for the third tournament on the bounce one of our majors finishes in the playoff after uh, yeah. after two rounds of goal <laughs> we never do it the easy way I've got to give a shout out to Joe um, new set of clubs he's absolutely driving the lights out of the golf ball I'm fairly certain that he would will be regretting not having gotten a new set of clubs yonks ago because he was using a tailor-made R7 quad. For those of you that know 
what that is. You will know it's a very, very old driver until uh, fairly recently when he got the, the Sim 2. And my God, the difference is huge in that boy's golf. The noise, the noise that thing makes is mm. sweet. This is now getting with that thing as well. And I think to step up on a playoff hole, he pulled it a little bit left, but to knock it close to 300 yards just in the left rough to leave yourself a wedge in, that's it's a pretty good place to be in. Um, so, yeah, anything more to add from the weekend, boys? Because I know that's... Oh, that's yes. Let's so let's talk about first of all. First of all, I love the fact that with our with our competitions, we always go and check with the with the club first. But we just stuck our head into the pro shop and we're like, "Hey, we've got a draw on our hands here. We like to finish with a playoff hole rather than just doing it on count bank. It just feel like a playoff hole is a better a better way to finish. More tense. It's more exciting. Everyone goes and gets a beer." wanders along the course watching the two putting a lot of pressure on them and of course we're like yeah absolutely not a problem head out onto the first of the king's course go so first of all if you do if you do have a you want to finish off a a, a play you know a draw in a, in a really good way definitely do a playoff hole ask if you can go and play the first again or whatever it's ex- an excellent way to settle it um i might ask about favorite holes in a minute but first of all i just want i want to bring something to to the attention that I feel like if we don't mention this, we will get me and Tim will get some abuse from our from our group. So there's a a team match going on and an individuals match going on. Now, if you've got an individuals match, you know, you want to make sure everyone's got really accurate scoring. You know, g- gimmies would probably be <laughs> oh, frowned upon. <laughs> so we our group is heading we finished we 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 finished the first hole we walk on to the second and i get my phone out to put the scores in and i read a message from ben fowlis that says where's it gone quote quote remember to put everything out boys for the individuals now listeners what would that mean to you mm. would that mean no gimmies put Remember to put everything out, boys, for the individuals. To me and to any sane human being, that means put everything out. Everything out. I, I literally don't understand how that could be taken any other way. So, groups one and three. Were you, Tim? Were you in the last group on that day? Groups one and three. Go around the um, the eighteen holes of that day, putting everything out. I.e., no gimmies. We get to the. Watching the second group come in on the 18th, one of them just picks his ball up after hearing, that's good. Hold up. Sorry. What just happened here? Questions were asked. Oh, it's a gimme. I I understand that. It was a gimme. We're not allowing gimmies. Bearing in mind, this is the group that Ben Fowlis is in. Well, Ben gave the gimme. Sorry. You've been having gimmies the whole way round. After Ben Fowlis, the person in your group has said, no gimmies are allowed. Now, for me, that's disqualification. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you plead to this, Ben? I, I, I am defenceless here. This is, a, this, is, <laughs> this is one of those moments where we got to the end and I didn't think anything of it. And uh, someone mentioned it to me and was like, look at what you've written. I was like, oh, shit. That wasn't actually what I meant. What I meant was, for the sake of the individuals, if your partner's on three, don't be like, oh, I'm just going to pick up because my teammate's is scoring way better than I. I can only score one point. I meant it from a perspective of, in my head, you know, when you're like, you're in your head, you say you think one thing. You write that. I was like, right, just keep playing because if there's a chance of scoring a point, remember it goes towards your total. Uh, and I read it back. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I got that one wrong. And... and- on that green as well I was 30 yards from that green as I sent that text message and I gave two gimmies on that same green (laughs) (laughs) that's that's my backup story like my justification of like I didn't mean to be stitching everyone up I was just completely oblivious clearly a little also also what's what's quite amusing it doesn't matter in hindsight but Holty missed at least one Joe Holt the guy who won missed at least one maybe one to two foot putt, which was, you know, you would never, you would just give me straight away. So if he had, if he had lost having known that uh, by one yeah. point or something, that could, have been, that could have been a conversation piece. Yeah, I think it was, 
I think it was only right the golf gods were looking down on us and, and made it so that, that, that Joe won, which I think is, 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 is fair. <laughs> was that your in the news this week, Chris, or was that not your in the news this week? No, I, I, I have an in the news feature if you'd like me to jump onto that now. Yeah, go. Take it away. Okay. So following on from last week's in the news in the news quiz, uh, I've seen another bit of news. So let me uh, pop the question, make sure I read read this out right. So in the news this week, uh, one of our favourites, Danielle Kang. Uh, she has made the news this week. And I'm going to ask you guys a question. The question is, what weird thing did Danielle Kang admit to? Sorry, what weird thing did Daniel Kang admit to doing to be able to practice her chipping? Oh, God. To be able to practice her chipping? Yes. This has got nothing to do with Matty Fitzpatrick chipping left hand low or anything like that, has it? Uh, good guess. Nope. Is the answer? This sounds more like it's facilitating the ability to chip or practice chipping. You've read the question right. So, has she done something like? Has she? Has she, has she like replaced all the cut, all the flooring in her house with like? No, no, I'm going to stop you there. No, is the artificial turf or something? No, she has not. She has not replaced all the carpet in her house with turf. Would have been amusing. <laughs> um, to be able, well, she's a professional. Why can't she practice chipping all the time anyway? That that is a good question, and that is part of her answer. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. mm. See, I listened back to when you posed the question last week in last week's podcast, and I did say at the times like, I feel like this is going to be a really obvious answer it wasn't then i feel like this is going to be a really obvious answer that we've not cracked uh, i would not say this was obvious in okay, fact good. i would say that this is this would come across as utter lunacy oh see i don't think i don't understand what's stopping her from chipping yeah if she just wanted to chip literally whenever she wants this is something in the bedroom she's got like a chipping green in her bedroom now or something no she moved on to her golf course nope well, I mean, I have no idea where she lives, but but, but no. She that... installed a chipping green in her back garden. Nope. Again, maybe, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. She invented a chipping technique tool. I'm, I'm going to add a, 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 an extra part to the question here to see if this helps. The thing that she's been struggling with in her chipping is practicing under pressure. Oh. So if I cha- if I add that to the question, what weird thing did Danielle Kang admit to doing to be able to practice her chipping under pressure? Doing it blindfolded. Oh, that would be good. No. Doing it one-handed? I don't know. Nope. I mean, I think you're going to have to give it to us because... Uh, okay, I was going to yeah. say, tell me when we're going to give up. Uh, so this was an yeah. interview with Danielle after the uh, the last tournament. I've been chipping kind of weird recently, so I missed a couple of greens on purpose last week. I was talking about it with my coach and they thought it was the most absurd thing they'd ever heard. My friend David Lipsky was like, you did what? I said, you've never done that? No, nobody does that. So, and this is still her. I have to keep chipping in in a tournament scenario so that I can figure it out eventually. The only way to do that is so that I can recreate what you feel in competition and you can't do that unless you're in competition. So basically... She's practicing chipping under pressure by oh purposefully missing greens in, to- in competition mode. That's insane. <laughs> I reckon I've got a few shots I can leak, so I'll just practice it in the middle of a round. Jeez. I mean, I mean we, we, on a really good day, we probably hit 50, 60% of greens in regulation, right? Imagine being good enough to purposefully not hit that green. We, I know. We, I know. we aren't good enough you to green, green, probably hit it. green the majority of the time, let alone <laughs> be able to miss here, it. Here, I can't read. So the pressure, you talk about the pressure here. I can't recreate that unless it's at an event. I'm just trying to miss hit and fail and see if I can recover the best that I can. It's an internal feeling that I'm working on. So technique is just part of it. I've now just got the best excuse ever for when I miss greens. Doing it on purpose. So I'm doing it on purpose, lads. <laughs> just go practice the chipping. Christ. 
Yeah. Well, let's see how that works out for you, Chris, because uh, as you said, you needed some practice on your chipping. Where we go? Maybe put that into play, mate. I'm going to just go for a. Te- I think it's technique rather than pressure. Yeah, I think yeah. technique is the biggest issue for me. So I'm going to go have a, a technical lesson on how to move the ball ten yards. Yeah, God. I was watching. Uh, I mean, this is kind of it's not a spoiler because I'm fairly sure everyone's seen it. But you were just kind of watching the uh, endless coverage of Tiger today on the chipping green and just the effortless ease that he's getting the the same apex every single time of his chips and you make it look so smooth doesn't even give it any thought and you're like beautiful it's like a nice four feet in the air drop down roll out towards the hole nice i did one the other day it was green side for three i needed to get up and down uh, it was like right i'll get off a bogey this is where one of my blobs happened i was there was a bank on the other side it was tightly mown i was like right i just i can't go long here so i'm just going to get it up and down thinned the absolute granny out of it and it went a mile it just just about visited the grass um before very quickly disappearing into the water that was one of my lost lost balls if you can tell um um i'm i'm having nightmares over my short game on sunday i and one of the one of the guys that we were playing with who was in my group johnny i don't think he'd be afraid to say that right now he is equally bad at the, the chipping area of his game. Yeah. And there was one moment where he was on the green. I'm sorry, sorry, he was just off of the green. And he'd been talking about how he's getting a bit jabby with his with his chipping. And I'm not joking, his two practice swings were lovely. And then he went to hit his he went to hit his chip and it was just like just jabbed his wedge into the ground the ball just rocketed off and we just both looked at each other and just cracked up I was just like that is the definition of a jabby chip what is going on so, oh. for those that are listening I do live with Johnny and it was a two hour drive so I heard all about it <laughs> I know I know all of the things that he's going to try and do to fix it um, so I, I have, have heard about your chipping fun uh, on, on Sunday Okay, right. That about wraps us up. I know we've been talking a lot, dissecting our uh, our, our major. I tell you what, it was a hell of a lot of fun, uh, and already kind of can't wait for the next one. Um, I don't know what it is. We've not actually spoken about it yet, which is quite odd because we're two days beyond the event finishing. Normally, it's all been by now. Ciao. I started researching today. Don't worry, I'm, all, I'm on the case. Tim's way ahead of the game. Big news, guys! Because it is Masters Week, we do have a second special episode coming up for you. Um, I don't know, whenever Chris releases it. It'll be, it'll be a day later. It'll be a day later. Um, so do check back in. Um, we're going to be talking about all things pros and obviously the Masters and the Big Cat. Boys, anything more to add? Uh, the only thing I'll add is the Warwickshire was actually freaking awesome. Would highly recommend. Yeah. Um, if you're looking for a great value trip, consider it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well said. All right, guys, we will see you probably tomorrow, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Catch you later. See you later. See you there. Thank you so much for listening. Me and the boys greatly appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in each week. If you did like the show, please do drop us a review. It will massively help us out to grow the pod because we've got some big things that we want to do in 2022 and beyond. Today's episode was brought to you by Sunday Red Golf, hands down the greatest golf club in the world. No joining fee, no membership fee, and no dress code. Just a lot of golf chat, competitions, tournaments, and much, much more. Come and join us at sundayredgolf.co.uk. Today was also brought to you by Tour Champ. On Tour Champ, you can create your own golf leagues so that you can answer once and for all who really is the best golfer out of you and your pals. To create your own league for free, please visit tourchamp.co.